0: Have I told you about that time Philip Michaels got kicked in the head by a horse? It's Magnum Podcast. I'm Jason Snell, and I'm joined, as always, by David J. Lohr and Philip Michaels. Hi, guys. Wait, his name is Dick Buttkiss? Football is a very important game. Are you ready for some football? This is one more su- summer. <laughs> I am
1: definitely ready for some football. <laughs>
0: Season 2, episode 17, in which Magnum and TC join training camp of a fake professional football team at Aloha Stadium in Honolulu. And they, of course, the name One More Summer, so evocative of a sport that is played in the fall and the winter.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> very. That That is just one of the many brain-breaking things about this episode, <laughs> is that Ah, uh, yes, summer, <laughs> the, the good uh, the good old football game of summer for, for I... telling the existence of the USFL and, mm. and its championship game in the summer.
2: Well, there was a New Jersey football team in it, so.
1: Yes, there mm? was. The, mm? uh, this is I... the, the New Jersey Blazers, who uh, conveniently have the same jerseys as the uh, University of Hawaii so that we can use <laughs> stock footage later on. Uh-huh. And it all matches up.
2: The thing is, so I'm watching the opening credits, and the guest cast is coming up, and my 18-year-old goes, what, his name is Dick Butkus? Yes, yes. he was a football player for many years, he was a pretty good actor, commercials and all that, yes. Yep. but his, his name, is, yes, that was yep. his name. And then Pat Morita, special guest star Pat Morita. wait to see what Pat Morita does in this episode. Pat Morita, he
1: must I, have a lot of, he must have a huge part in this.
2: And and my eighteen year old now has had more quotes in this episode than Pat Morita had in the entire episode of of one uh, one more summer. Yeah, he got thrown in a pool, which was exciting.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. Pat Morita is, is the sandal king, I guess, and he has one scene, and we never see him again. He's just a Jack literally he's Metro. a dude, dude at a party. Why is he, he gets named thrown Jack in a pool Metro?
1: and then immediately dries off?
0: So the the New Jersey That is pretty cool. That's New Jersey good, football team good, uh, won the conference product. championship last year, and as a reward, the owner's wife, who apparently runs the team, uh has decreed that they will have training camp in Hawaii, which I guess they lost the Super Bowl, but still they get to have training camp in Hawaii. And uh all I, now th- th- yeah. this
1: is this is after the title of this episode, this is the next thing where I, I sat there going Wait a minute, because uh, when I was growing up, I grew up uh, partially in Southern California, not far from Thousand Oaks, California, where the uh, where the Dallas Cowboys trained mm-hmm. uh, uh, at the time. And the point of football training camp is you go somewhere that's that's not blisteringly hot. I mean, it's the summertime, so everywhere is hot. But yeah, you, you leave Texas and you go to uh, you go to California where it's manageably hot you don't you don't go to you don't go to hawaii where it's gonna be hotter hot as the 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 surface of the sun to to do your football training in august plus you have to fly to all your exhibition games which are uh at least a five to six hour flight away but but our show
2: our show is set in hawaii what are we gonna do
1: Mm-hmm. It could have been. It, they could have set it around the Pro Bowl. They play the Pro Bowl Could've... in Hawaii every year. In fact, <laughs> you can even see the. You can even see the Pro Bowl logo in the uh, in the uh, end zone of Aloha Stadium.
0: I. I agree that it seems a little weird. That is not my biggest problem with the football stuff. In no, this. no, there are oh, more oh, problems. No, to come,
1: friend, because no, I, I could see, no I could
0: see them saying, "Well, you know, yeah, it's going to be warm, but like you get to go to Hawaii for training camp. It's going to we're living large and we're having a good time. And maybe it is an ill-conceived idea, but but I, I let that one go. There is Aloha Stadium exists in Honolulu. You can get away with that. Um, there are there are a lot of things. So so I should explain what's going on here. Um, there is this team, this team is there. There's a quarterback uh, who is Dorsey. He is actually a friend of Magnum's. He was he, he was a uh, three years behind Magnum in school. Magnum turns out to have been a, a star quarterback himself before going to Vietnam. Um, that implies that this guy was also at the Naval Academy, which he yes. must, which is weird because he didn't go to Vietnam and became a star NFL quarterback instead um but be that as it See, may
1: and also and also rather horribly ill-disciplined for yeah. a graduate may, of annapolis maybe, he, one, yeah. one maybe he
0: maybe he washed out and went somewhere else um i don't know so he he is actually i wrote down so somebody he he's drunk and uh hanging out with this girl who uh describes the various uh different things that uh, the various football players she slept with have used as pickup lines. I noted at this point that this is not one of the more progressive episodes regarding gender and Magnum P.I. Um, <laughs> no, but, um, and there's also his uptight uh, Mormon, basically backup quarterback Delbert, who is a suspect because he, he looks askance at, uh, at Dorsey's uh, womanizing and drinking and smoking and all the other things that he does. However, Phil, at least you will appreciate this. I, I, I began to refer to Dorsey throughout this episode as Kenny unstabler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cause he is, he is, yeah, he, is Kenny, he is a Kenny, is a Kenny stabler try, type right down to the accent. He is a Southern guy who is a hard partier. He, he gets shot at, he is, there is an assassination attempt made on him early on to which he falls. At the party. Yeah, he falls in the back of a car and la- and and laughs it up, but he's also disturbed by it. But that's anyway, that's Kenny and Stabler, Magnum's buddy. And of course, what so happens?
1: He, so you drew the you, you drew the Kenny Stabler parallel. Yeah. I actually am going with a Dallas Cowboy parallel here because they had as their quarterback in the 70s Roger, Roger Staubach. Staubach. Sure navy graduate navy um who i believe did got got to do a year or two of his his service commitment and then they said all right fine go to the nfl that's good for the yeah. navy um and uh you know the young quarterback bucking at his heels why well, that's danny white i don't know if danny white was the up- type guy or they they flipped it around but and then they've got the coach who wears the fedora why well, that's Tom Landry that's, folks that's So, true. That is so this is hat. basically your Dallas Cowboy you're right uh, except, uh, except they yeah. want
0: they want him to be colorful in a way that Roger Staubach was not so they may, no. they, they make him Kenny well, Stabler instead Well exactly the, I I
2: think the implication is that Magnum is the straight error Roger Staubach
0: uh, type Yeah you're right
1: right Now the, now the bigger problem with the Navy thing is <clears throat> at the it, time magnum went to the naval academy navy would have been a a a big deal in in college football and um the fact that magnum has now gone into a career that 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 doesn't uh benefit from people going hey aren't you thomas i call this the johnny utah problem uh uh, from mm. uh from uh uh, point break where it's hey weren't you a quarterback at ohio state university a rather high profile football program and now you're an undercover fbi agent um (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yep. <laughs> football didn't work out for me, so uh, now I rob banks with surfers. <laughs> okay. Yep. Sure. Yeah. No. Uh, football didn't work out for me, so uh, uh, yeah. Now I'm in the PI in Hawaii, but football mm-hmm. worked out for that
0: guy. Yeah, he's very he's very uh, high profile <laughs> for a thing that we've never heard of before, really. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Yeah uh there's a guy who bangs him so in the, i i find the portrayal of the football locker room actually pretty good in that there's like there's like a lot of injections and things going on but there's also a uh-huh. a, a man who's smashing his head into a locker and i just think oh head injury jokes in a football locker room mm. <laughs> mm, well yeah
2: the injections are Chekhov's injections it
0: perhaps. turns out that they are Chekhov's injections and they're they're part of the plot also uh, it's time now to stop everything and go to everybody's favorite segment of, of magnum mm-hmm. podcast which is how old is magnum <laughs> here we go okay so <coughs> Dor- Dor- Dorsey Dorsey's three years Dorsey's <laughs> three years behind magnum in in season seven of Magnum, Magnum turns forty. This is season two, so five years earlier. So Magnum should be thirty-five, and then Dorsey is referred to in this episode as thirty-three, which actually kind of tracks. So here we've got at least for this episode, Magnum's age at thirty-five. Dorsey is portrayed as being thirty-three and on his last legs as a as a star quarterback, and he's going to decline. I do, however, have some questions about the thirty-five-year-old man who's instantly inserted in but practice. If he's- wouldn't he be 36 well, if well, he was three years ahead? Well, three years uh, three years in school doesn't mean that you're exactly three years okay. age difference. So, you know, okay. I, I think it's within the margin yeah. of we error. We give or take. We give or take. So, 35.
1: Close, close enough for Belisario work.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> yep. I, I think close enough for Belisario means it is a number.
0: It's, it's, a, <laughs> not, it's, a, it's a positive. It's an integer. <laughs>
2: It's a positive integer. Yep,
0: that's uh, that's all that matters. <laughs> so, so the, about the injections. He, um, so so uh, Dorsey Kenny Unstabler, has a uh, he has a, a a pharmacy in his bag, uh, but there's a there's a thing where the guy, the trainer, who's injecting him, like doesn't want to inject the same stuff in the uh, in the upright Mormon QB two Delbert. Delbert as in Dorsey, and it that that's this is your your knives out moment where you're like oh the things that are going to be injected might matter because, like, why would you not inject the same thing it, it, it's like, no, no, I need to get a different thing. And then the he injects the thing out of out of Dorsey's bag into Delbert. And Delbert says it feels funny later, like it didn't help him. And that it's all just kind of like something is going on there. But the, one of the nice things about this episode is there are a bunch of suspects. In fact, at one point, Dorsey, as Dorsey and Magnum walk around on the field, Dorsey is nice enough to list all the suspects who might have been trying to kill him because <laughs> it saves a lot of time that way. And Magnum is convinced, and this is where the episode goes sideways. Magnum is convinced that the best way to solve this case is to join the team. Well, he's talked into it. He's buttered up into it. Yeah, Dor- mm-hmm. Dorsey convinces him. Yeah, it's, Dor- it's, it's Dorsey's not... idea, and, and, it's... and when
1: but and when the idea is coming from uh, his pill-addled brain, you know it's a good one. But it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> and hanging it's... a lantern
0: on it in the sense that that Magnum gets to say that's a really crazy idea, and I wrote down yes. Yes, it is. But I see what you did there. <laughs> well,
1: it's also—it's it's also really not... idiotic that this 35-year-old man can just show up at a training camp and go, oh, "I'm going to play for you now, coach." And the coach <laughs> goes, "I don't see a rule against it." But it's—it's <laughs> oh, it's also
2: not—it's also not that he's trying to solve who did it. He and he says it a couple of times. He's there to protect, to protect him. Him. He's a bodyguard. Yeah. So it does make sense to be close to him. Yeah. He but doesn't want to could give. could have a... done a. Better way to
0: do that, and nobody. Yeah, that that's my feeling here is that I actually think that this is a this is a really juicy setup for a story. But I suspect the Mm -hmm. truth is that the pitch was Magnum plays football. And then they backed into the rest of it, which is too bad because I think the Magnum plays football part is the worst part. And that, and that Magnum around a football team where it could be the backup quarterback, it could be the spurned wife of the owner who, because again, the gender politics, uh, not the best uh, spurned wife of the owner who's on the, on the make for all the football players that maybe she's angry with him. Uh, You know, maybe, maybe it's, it's one of his teammates. Like there, there are, there are a list of suspects here that are interesting we don't really need Magnum and and I haven't even mentioned well, it. And TC. Yes, yes. I was well, just this, about this, to say this is, this is where they
1: undo the um the entire well it makes sense to have Magnum hanging around because he's he's the bodyguard, but TC just shows up in the Oh TC, are you also the bodyguard? <laughs> no. He was, he was I was a just tight end of Grambling. <clears throat>
2: mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. so so you know, I'm I'm sitting here watching with the AirPods and you know they're going. Oh, what's going on? Well, Magnum is on a football team now, and then you know, but he's but he's a bodyguard. He's doing the thing, and then suddenly TC is in a in a suit, and they look up. The boys are like, "Why is he there?" Well, because it's Magnum. It's convenient, and they're like, "Well, no, but why is he there?" In the plot, it's oh, it's they they totally make an excuse, but no, it's just because it's Magnum and it's convenient.
1: They uh missed a trick, I think, by not having Rick uh or like the mascot of the Blazers show up and dance <laughs> around and then he takes off his head and it's it's Rick inside.
2: And it's Rick and he's like, I'm always the mascot. Why am I always the mascot? <laughs> always. Why am
1: I always on mascot duty?
2: <laughs> Thomas. Even back in Chow uh, I, I was the mascot. Why did they make me the mascot?
0: Yeah, the army put me Is in. Is it my me. voice? Are you making fun of my voice, Tom? Mm. Um, that wasn't too bad. So so yeah, it, it's it's silly. There's some silly nonsense with practice and TC and all of that. Although there is a nice so so. Um, Dorsey is signing footballs for kids, and and he convinces Magnum to uh, sign a football. But we learn in that episode or in that little scene that um that he has a stalker, who we will see later. So we have got another suspect. He's got a, he's got a crazy stalker.
2: It it turns out this is this is one of those rare deployments of. The Chekhov's deranged fan, red herring. Red
0: herring, yeah.
2: <clears throat> right. You don't yes. often get a Chekhov and a red herring in one shot.
0: Mm-hmm. I, li- I
2: like I like that about it. But you it. do get you do get that creepy synthesizer noise as he steps towards the camera, mm-hmm. and you go, "Oh."
0: Also, there's a, there's a running joke yes. where apparently there's a, an equipment guy who tells a linebacker that Magnum told him a Polish joke. Then the linebacker is presumably Whoa. Polish, and then that's. That's not just a running joke, he's setting him up. Yeah, well this is what I'm saying is is yeah. it's a it's this strange thing where where he, so I would say I started to think that the equipment manager is right, he's he's a suspect because he's trying to get this linebacker to hurt magnum that's part of the right part of the the plan that's going on here but it, at the moment it seems bizarre and then later it kind of makes sense so magnum gets sacked and magnum's demeanor upon being sacked is great he just lays flat on the ground like he's dead that's that's what he does <laughs> that's what that's what he does um also i wanted to mention in this point that there is a there's a nice um right before he meets the stalker there's this nice magnum voiceover and I noted at this point that I really like the fact that Magnum's voiceovers are kind of wistful and reflective. And it, it I mean, it, it they're always like this. It's not special in this episode, but I just, I, I noticed it like this could very easily be an episode that's like Magnum relives his past and he thinks he's great because he's a quarterback and maybe he should have been and all that. And instead it is the, the, the kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm a quarterback again, kind of. Part of it that's not what this episode really is about, and I feel like like that is true to Magnum PI that it, it all becomes right. about like the past and paths not taken, and his voiceovers are wistful and how you know this isn't really realistic, and he's only doing it for a friend, and and I just every time one of the Magnum narrations happens, I'm like this is one of the reasons I like that show is that is that Magnum is is always a little bit sad. We're watching beautiful Hawaiian vistas as Tom Selleck is sad. It's I like it.
2: Well, and I I love that setup because. He does say, No, this isn't realistic for me to do this, and Dorsey's like, Oh yeah, yeah, you can do it. It'll be fine. You you can fake it. And they very quickly deflate that. He doesn't do well on the field. And, no, he
1: he throws like one good pass and then the rest right. of the time he's eating ter- he's eaten turf.
2: Yep. And even even when he's um on the sidelines and trying to, you know, like talk to some suspects. And the one guy he he talks to, he, he sort of tries to chat him up and gets through this whole <laughs> spiel. And and the guy turns and goes, oh, "No habla inglés. I am just the kicker. I am kicker.
0: Yeah.
2: I am kicker. Uh, right." And there's uh, this yes, long the next... take where he's like, "Oh," and he doesn't say a word. No. And he eventually just kind of hangs his head and does the Charlie Brown walk off. And it's that is so Magnum. Uh, one of the things that I, I love from Don Belisario interviews that I was that I was going through on YouTube is that he talks about how when Selleck picked up the pilot, you know, Magnum is this perfect, wonderful, super Lance White kind of guy. And he said, I don't want to do that because I look like that guy and I am not that guy. I react. I'm good at reacting. And this this episode has some great reactions. And that's that's what it is. He's not. This perfect guy. He just looks like it. And and that's part of why I love the series.
1: Also, years before Saturday Night Live, did that we are the kickers, we kick the b- sketch. There was Magnum P.I. doing the right? kickers. Yeah. They're, right? they're all from foreign countries. Yeah, we are
0: kicker. I am kicker. I kick ball. I kick the ball. I hit the ball. No, Green Bay. Ooh, Green Bay. Take me to Hawaii. Yes. Yes. Um The owner's wife demands dinner. Of Dorsey, um, there and uh, very, very common in the NFL
1: mm-hmm. that uh, that the owners have dinner with their <laughs> but, quarterbacks. But again,
0: she's she's uh, a suspect, and we're led to believe that she yes. picks out and grooms players that she wants to have uh, to fool around with. Um, that's the the strong implication here. But he doesn't show up, and Magnum goes and finds her, um, and it turns out that he's with another girl who is then who is then shot. <laughs> By
1: <laughs> not not just with another girl, she he is with the wife of Jack Metro, the Sandal Jack, King. Jack uh, yes, me- the Sandal it's, King. It girl, is yeah.
2: always it is always the Sandal King, Jack Metro. <laughs> I, I don't Excuse think me.
0: anybody ever Sorry, just says Jack to, Metro. I
1: need to refer to him by his proper royal. Yes, title. but it's but the but Sandal it's,
0: King. It's it's but it's April <laughs> who we saw earlier, and she she can detail all of the players. But she's shot. Uh, but then then the assassin after that shot. Um, goes away because there's no more shooting the, the assassin's taken it taking his shot um I, oh, by, the, by the way there's a scene in here that i didn't mention that is great because higgins shows up and it's because higgins is desperately lonely without magnum around for even a day and there's that great scene yes we where, get we
1: get two scenes where um, there's, oh, the, yeah. there's the first scene where where magnum storms out of the estate like mostly for show but i'm tired of you bursting in on me all the time higgins and i want dignity as he's waving his rubber chicken around mm-hmm. and uh, that's good
0: but then there's a the scene you're talking about yes where higgins is walking with the lads and it's a very far off shot of the what entire goes estate farther and farther
2: and farther and it's and just this
0: little tiny speck and it's higgins talking to the dogs about what they're going to do for dinner and what they're going to have and it, and and it's just like it it's delightful because it's basically like higgins is very very alone and, and then again, right? There's that
2: moment where he's like, maybe, maybe we'll listen to some lesser known operas. Yes. We'll, we'll have some wine and perhaps a cigar. And there's this sort of long pause and a sigh. And he turns and walks slowly away. And the lads kind of just go, Aw. Yep. And, and, and everybody is sad. Everybody's it's sad. Everybody <laughs> is sad. This
1: brings like, the fun. Hit, hit. We, in quarantine, we are all Higgins. <laughs>
0: <after> <laughs>
1: what Higgins needs to do is set up a podcast with his friends where he talks about a TV show he used to watch. Yeah. Yeah. that's
2: right. He needs to do yeah. the Mannix podcast.
0: <laughs> and they never talk Actually, about Mannix because he just tells stories since, about it, World War Madden, II. He, he
1: he would watch uh, Dad's Army over and over. And over. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you're right, actually. You're exactly uh, right. In this episode we're going to be talking about one of the lost episodes of Dad's Army. Unfortunately the BBC deleted these tapes in nineteen seventy two. But I remember I was I was watching it in a bar in Manchester in nineteen sixty four. That'll be that's the Dad's Army Higgins' Dad's Army uh, podcast. Yes. <laughs> uh, coming coming soon you'd to the podcast. Incompr- you'd call yeah. it Dad's Podcast Dad's and, and, uh, yes. With Pods Jonathan, Army with, with Jonathan Network. Q. Higgins, yes. Mm-hmm. yes um so so the mystery is solved because it's the medicine uh the, again it's knives out sorry spoilers for knives out it's related to that <laughs> uh yeah yeah really we've
1: we've ruined that movie for everyone I, I guess so. the, the
0: unrelated football episode yeah well so higgins helps helps in, figure in this knives out. out the football did it the football did it yeah it's definitely true the yes. uh and so and so they figure out that there's something fishy going on where, where uh Dorsey is not getting his cortisone, which is a magic drug that fixes everything, and just a, a painkiller instead. Um the kid stalker breaks in and is chased by the cops and it and it dies horribly. <gasps> Gasp. Yeah.
2: And yeah. and and Dorsey talks again about his shoulders getting worse. Everything's yep. feeling worse. Right?
0: Yeah
1: stalker looked a lot like uh if paul williams and philip seymour hoffman had a baby
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right but he dies and and there's that moment of like oh well uh, you everything's solved and magnum says no everything's not solved because he knows about the medicine and now how that that is actually the thing that's been going on and it turns out the owner's wife is very bad and she has a gun. And, uh, and also,
1: and also the bullet they fished out of uh, the wife of the Sandal King Jack Metro is uh, quite different from the bullet that they they fished out of uh, uh, the windshield, the poor windshield yeah. that they buried. It was one day away from retirement.
0: I know. And uh, yeah, so different guns means and, different guns. And TC colors. is pissed because he has to different... pay for it. Of course. Of course. Uh, so it turns out, yes, that it's actually the uh, the owner's wife and and he's at the end of his career and they're going to let him be injured. And the, there's and it insurance. Collect the insurance. Money. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a classic. It's, it's a common thing. Yeah. It's a classic <clears throat> mystery kind of uh, motive kind of thing. And so it's not the it's not the nice oh there's actually a little nice Mormon, Mormon I was gonna say moment I said Mormon but it is it's the we're, we're uptight Mormon <laughs> quarterback or born, or maybe born again quarterback doesn't matter delbert um is gonna before they go out to play he's gonna wish uh Dorsey he's gonna say I'm praying for you or whatever like that and uh and Dorsey does this snide kind of like you're praying for me yeah and he's like, yeah forget it and he says hey thanks and it's the is the moment of like ah He's a decent it's, guy, after all, and that guy's probably not the killer. So it's great.
2: Um, it's it's where yeah. where Magnum, having given him that that talk, saying you know it's your choice,
0: you don't have to be the jerk. Yeah, you can grow up. Yeah, you know, and and it finally sinks in. I love the idea though, that the squeaky clean uh, backup quarterback with his wife, who's and they're both perfectly put together and they're f- perfect people. I sort of like the idea that that guy is actually going to kill the quarterback to become the quarterback, but that's not the plot of this episode, right? Well,
1: un- unrelated, I've I just read a book about the the nineteen eighty one Dodgers called "They Bled Blue." It's a very good book, and um, you would not believe the um, hatred that Steve Garvey engendered amongst his teammates. Huh? And, uh, I, I'm bringing that up just because you know, clean cut, clean cut guy with the perfect wife, and 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 everyone who came up with him through the minor leagues would have gladly held his head underneath water yeah. for 5 minutes if given the, if they thought they could have gotten away with it but uh i what i love about this episode is that basically they turn the locker room into an accusing at at the end yes
0: and, yes. Uh-huh. Uh,
1: everyone's there and oh, even even the poor polish uh defensive tackle who has to be brought in to charge at magnum and uh and this is where tc <laughs> who's actually going to finally get to play in a game and, that's and his shoulder separated.
2: That's where he pointed to the screen and said, "That's why TC's an, on the team." And they were like, "Oh, okay, yeah, it's,
1: okay." It's the football equivalent of TC's helicopter getting shot up. It's just right. it's his shoulder.
0: He's a good friend. He's a very good friend. <laughs> and that you know, that's uh, so. So, Phil, you you keep, have been saying the whole time we've been doing this, you're like, "Oh," and then there's that football episode. So upon upon <laughs> revisiting it, how how did you how'd you feel about this one?
1: I love this episode so much. <laughs> because, and I, I, I think what's be- going to become a common theme in this podcast forever, how long it goes, so long as it uh, remains profitable yep. for everyone involved. <laughs> um, I I love Magnum for its flaws. I love when Magnum just goes, mm. meh, it's an hour of entertainment. What do you want? Yep. And, and you sit there and you think... That's not how football works. No, he, you, you, you you actually texted me that today. Yeah, while I did. I was this. Was yes. uh, I was in my day job writing the story, and this thing mm. appears on my screen that says, "This isn't how football works at all." And I said, yes. "Oh, he's watching the episode," yep. and I I clapped like a little schoolboy, hey. like. Yep, <laughs> and 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 this is yeah, this I think is why I keep coming back to Magnum PI because you you come across the the these shows which are entertaining and, and yes there there are good elements of this plot and bad elements of the plot but boy boy there are some insane elements of the plot that <laughs> you watch and you go yeah, this this isn't right uh, yeah oh, what no yep yep yeah I mean
2: taken taken as just a simple formula for a mystery series this is a pretty decent mystery it's got goofy elements but you know it's it's solid it has a good red herring it has a good reason why the red herring was a red
0: herring i feel like i feel like uh, magnum playing and tc playing is not necessary to all the rest of it and that that's a bridge too far for me but although again i suspect that that was the pitch that got the episode that was that was the
2: fun part yeah i'm gonna
0: i'm gonna make reference to one of my favorite mysteries of all time which is called strike three you're dead by Richard Rosen, uh, it, oh. in which a relief pitcher blows the save and then is found dead in the whirlpool in the in the locker room the next morning, and uh, I love I love that book. Uh, it it is it reminded me. Uh, I was thinking of it while I was watching this because it's the same idea that yeah. You put the, the parlor scene in a locker room. You have all of your suspects that are in the front office or the ownership or the other players. Like in that game, he blew the save. Like was it the was it the pitcher whose win he lost <laughs> who killed him, mm. or was it like the owner who's trying to reduce payroll? Like there are so, or is it like the mobsters who made who made a bet and then and then they thought they were going to make a lot of money and then they like there are lots of suspects, but it's in this mixed in with the sports stuff and it's a delightful novel i recommend for people but um i was thinking about that while i was watching this that's not a bad like being reminded of one of your very favorite books while watching a dumb hour-long episode of magnum (laughs) pi that's pretty good that's pretty good and
2: uh, now again we have a great higgins story Uh, about quirky bostwick who got kicked in the head by a horse and the the horse was getting cortisone shots
0: and i i was um, we were involved with rugby which (coughs) is a much better game than your awful american football
2: (laughs) and i mean my i my favorite bit of that is just where where magnum walks out and rick is there and and higgins just keeps going goes oh rick you'll like this (laughs) and he keeps on going and Rick just kind of yes. sits down with this resigned, like all Higgins right, is so needy. Right. so needy. Not only, not only am I the mascot, I got to babysit Higgins. Fine, tell me a story.
0: Yeah, well, that's how I, do you think I he just, got that, uh, that? That running the club, right? He, he's right. he'll listen to any of Higgins' stories. He's like, oh, Rick listens to my stories. I'll I'll promote <laughs> him to manage the club. And
2: I, you know, I, I love this episode too. It's because it is so weird and. Like it's a, it's a decent, again, it's a decent plot. And it's got all these weird little yeah. things. I love, I love that shot of Higgins and the lads in, in the little teeny tiny, yep. it looks like a J.M.W. Turner landscape, It's right? completely like,
0: unnecessary
1: greatly, and
2: yet it's or, a great like, character moment. Or like a David
1: Lee, you
0: know. They rented a crane
1: for that shot.
2: Yeah. They did. And it's, you know, it's like Lawrence of Arabia where you have great big sand, little bitty Peter O'Toole. Right? And you get this little tiny Jonathan Higgins. And and I just wanted him to start singing I've grown accustomed to his face. That that was like <laughs> that's what that scene is. Yep.
0: Ah oh. uh, well, one more <laughs> summer of football training camp, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But Until uh the inevitable fall. Yep.
1: Jason, I actually have um a letter here Uh-oh. uh from the Magna mailbag. It arrived by Coconut today. Okay. Oh dear. I'd like to read it to you now. Oh, yes, please. It's a new segment. Dear, Jay- Dear Jason and David, on a previous episode of Magnum Podcast, I, Philip Michaels, misidentified Fritz Feld not doing his very famous mouth pop. I have gone back and watched the episode The Birdman of Budapest. And yes, while Fritz Feld's back is turned to the camera, he does do a badly ADR'd mouth pop. I do not know why I missed this the first time. I can only apologize to you, the listeners of Magnum Podcast, Fritz Feld and his heirs, uh-huh. all people named Fritz including Fritz Freeling. And um
0: yes, Fritz Weaver. I'm Don't very forget sorry Fritz Weaver. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you for that update. The thank Fritz you Feld very much. Fritz Feld update. Hi. <laughs>
1: I would like to announce my resignation from Magnum Podcast no! that, I've di- that I've dictated into this tape recorder. Oh, no, I'm being kidnapped. Well, yeah, well this put, is a put that, episode. Put, put that in the coconut so,
0: and ship it to me, <clears> and I'll accept no. your resignation when the coconut gets here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been uh, Magnum Podcast One More Summer. <laughs> I, as always, have been Jason Snell. Uh, Philip Michaels has been, uh, has been, I am. I am. David J. Lore was. <laughs> I am. I am. I am. You got to have watched the episode for that to make any sense. <laughs> Don't call me Dumbo. <laughs>